My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to Storylines Live, the only podcast that explores the meaning and the power of the most important story in business. The one that answers why someone should buy from you, work for you, invest in you, or partner with you. This is the story that defines the very character and nature of an organization. At WordWrite, we call this your capital S story. In each episode, we feature guests who have great insights on business storytelling, who can share their experiences and key learnings to help you and your business do a better job of sharing your capitalist story to deliver remarkable results. Today, we're honored to have Eric Guy as our guest. Eric is the founder of the Center for Victory, a very interesting organization that works with businesses and sometimes individuals to help them achieve their greatest potential. Eric, tell our guests a little bit more about what you're up to these days at Center for Victory. Sure. Thanks for having me, Paul. Um, it's always good talking to you. Uh, I'm a big fan. Of course, you know that, but maybe some of the people watching don't know that I'm a big fan of what you do. And you've Thank helped you. us years and years and years ago. Yeah. Create that for us. And it it has been a game changer, uh, not only business wise, but it's, you know, personally, it's been a game changer as well. Just the, you know, the crafting of that and, and everything, but, uh, it's center for victory. Um, we do work with individuals mostly nowadays. Um, it's mostly businesses or individuals within those companies where we, uh, for the most part, we have a, a suite of assessments. So we have a handful of assessments that we, what we typically use with our clients to help make, uh, better hiring decisions, but, uh, just to how to coach people to, uh, you know, looking at, it internal difficulties uh, like communication or 
you know, performance feedback, those kinds of things, how people are interacting relationally and in teams, really running that whole gamut from how you bring them in until they leave, right? You always don't want them to leave, especially if they're good. But, uh, you know, we work on that whole continuum of, you know, really developing the person and helping managers and leaders develop their people so they can keep them and can, st- can, st- can sustain growth uh, in, a, in a rough uh, or a rough environment. So it's that's great. in a nutshell what we do. Well, I, usually I'll read a bio for a guest, but Eric, as you pointed out, we've known each other for years and we've worked together. So in a way, I feel uh, not qualified <laughs> <laughs> because of our relationship. So so thanks for sharing your bio. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk a little bit more uh, about what we did together. Uh, folks, when you have a chance to check the Center for Victory out after uh, you listen to this podcast, in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Center for Victory. And you'll see uh, the logo and the tagline, uh, which is part of the work that Eric's team and WordWrite did together. Uh, your champion for, for victory is... I believe the tagline we put together, uh, right, Eric? Uh, Your champion for success. Success. Yes. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast is because you're a podcaster yourself. You have a, a podcast that is just blowing up. Tell the audience yes, about your podcast, Eric. So our podcast is your best day yet. And of course, um, you know, not everybody does this. So Paul has been... Uh, been there to to go back and forth and talk about things you know how to, how to just structure it things like that i mean obviously other people have helped but i mean it, it does help when when you have somebody else that's doing it that, that's close by and a close friend uh but our our podcast is your best day yet on your best day yet we've we initially um launched that with some hesitation from me because even though I like to present in front of people, I don't really uh, care to be in front of a camera, especially sitting down at my desk, even though it's gotten so much easier over the past Mm -hmm. couple of years. Uh, But we're really on those things. We bring, we try to bring people on or when I'm doing it myself, really just giving our audience uh, things to think about with their own personal and professional development. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of people over the years, coached a lot of people, high level leaders that are knocking it out of the park professionally and just really stink personally, right? They just, a lot of stress, families in disorder, you know, those kinds of things. And that's where, you know, my background initially started was the personal piece and it, it, it made its way over into the professional area. And like I said, most of our clients our companies now we still do those same things um but the you know the podcast is about serving uh especially our clients you know who might not know some of the things that we do or might need refreshed on them or just hey look might need some just uplifting motivation for the day when you're dealing with stuff all just all around personal professional growth you know how to how to really engage it how to unlock it how to reinforce it and really looking on how to enrich relationships in your environment. Cause that's all, you know, it's all about connection. That's awesome. Uh, folks we'll have in the show notes where to find the center for victories podcast, your, your best day yet. I, I will say that Eric and I were talking before we hit record here. And one of the best places to take in the podcast is on YouTube. Um, 
Eric's uh, podcast and with his guests is uh, video as well as audio. You can find it in all the usual places on audio, um, but it's a great place to see it on YouTube. Now, Eric, you know, we always ask our guests about their capital S story. Obviously, that's what's important at Wordbright and the work we do. And as I explained in the introduction, there are four critical answers that we typically see with our clients and their story, why somebody would buy from them, work from them, invest in them, or partner with them. In terms of what you folks are doing today at the Center for Victory, what's the most important one of those four to your work today? Oh, wow. So go over those again, one so I can hear them and one so everybody yeah. else can hear them. We, I, we always think of, and, and you know, maybe I, I should put together something on this, a blog post or something. Like think of a bullwhip. Mm-hmm. Buy, work, invest, partner. I think more for us, it's partner. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, you know, I'm going down through the list because I've given that list out to several people, like even from your presentations. I always yeah. call you and give <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> like, like, hey, Paul. Um, and I, yeah, so I guess looking at that from a partner standpoint is is one of the reasons is I just don't want to come in and do the work. Mm-hmm. Like you might not talk to me for six months. Right. But when you're making that critical hire, Mm-hmm. I want to be the person. We want to be the people that you call and say, hey, look, we trust what you're going to say. We know you're going to look at this. And, you know, it's is it going to be perfect? No, not all the time. But we trust that you're going to take in all of this and give us what we need and be able to, you know, even if it's, you know, being critical of something, saying no, right, that we have their best interest in mind even though we're sitting outside the company. So if you're going to hire somebody, Paul, I'm going to take into account who you are, who, where's your team at, where's your market, all those things before we help you make that decision. And we really want to be on that bench to say, hey, look, call us first, call Eric first, see what he says. You know, I've got a call coming up after this podcast, the same thing. You know, it's prep for a high level position. They don't want to goof it up. Um, so let's just kind of slow it down. And if we can partner with people like that, and I guess the, the big partner piece is it, when, when people align with our core values, mm-hmm. like that makes a good team because that's where it's a win-win for us. So thank you for sharing that. And I didn't mean to make you lie down on the couch there and, and you know, as, and, and have to or scroll through your cranium there and figure out which of those is most important today. We do find that at different times in the life of a leader and the life of a business, different of those four categories that I provided tend to become important. You know, I said earlier that the capitalist story defines the very character and nature of an organization. What I get from you is you're in a relationship business. It's not a transaction. Is that accurate? Yeah, I yeah. When we uh, when we do those things, it's very relational. Um, one, we want to have that connection because we know how important it is. I mean, that was my background. I mean, I didn't start off in business, uh, so that's always been my background. I'm you know I'm a licensed therapist. Uh, believed in the power of connection and how it can heal, and a lot of that I still bring into the companies that the neuroscience around relationships, the brain, and everything. And, uh, you know, when those connections happen, 
um, you know, things start to happen inside of a company, like in a good positive way. If you don't have that, it's hard to get those, to get the good initiatives and all that moving in the right direction. But if you can have that, and if you can look at that and really examine it, reinforce it and make it part of the culture, you know, that's, that's what people are looking for. Cause that, when you, when you feel connected, that drives purpose for people. You know, when you don't feel connected, it's real easy to just leave. Yeah, it, it, it sure does. And and that is something that I think a lot of folks who would claim to be uh, doing the same kind of work that you do at Center for Victory miss. It is very important to start with the individual, right? What's really important is how that individual is interacting with the other individuals on a team when you're talking about organizational dynamics or a business, right? You can't just quote unquote, help somebody and and throw them into a polluted pool, right? Or one where they're not going to have success. It's it's important to create the environment that, that really is going to help everybody succeed, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned a minute ago, you're a licensed therapist. So- yeah. Well, I always like to ask people because it, you know, in any business, it doesn't matter if it's multi-billion dollar or a small business, the personal story of the leaders in the organization is critical to the overall story of the organization. So, Eric, how does your personal story inform what you do on a daily basis? How does it inform it? So... (laughs) You know, my story coming into that, which is, it's a good question is, you know, one, you have to know your story. Very important. Um, you know, some of the things that we do when we do our, or the cohorts that were coming, I make, you know, going back to, um, what you do, I have them craft their own story mm-hmm. and much like that. I hand before they get started, because that could be a scary experience for people. Right. Yes. Um, I, I hand out my book, right. And that's, that that book was not necessarily in the first book was not necessarily going to be out there to be published initially. It was just to get my story mm-hmm. you know, down. Right. This is what I'm all about and what you know, what drives me and what's important with those impacts in my life. You know, going from, can, you know, can somebody improve? What does it take to improve? I mean, my biggest thing years and years and years ago, I just wanted to be happy. Yeah. I mean, that's what drove it initially. And, you know, when I was in college, I just lost my purpose. i just, I really just wanted to be happy. And so I just inundated myself with, with material, um, you know, around personal and, and development is more personal development at that point in time. But I mean, I just consumed everything I could get my hands on, you know, and, and then, you know, you have to remember at that point in time, you know, there was no audible, there was, you know, there was no YouTube. There was, you know, it was just trying to, you know, there were a lot of cassette tapes. Yep. <laughs> and they they started to come in CDs. And so just consuming them. And I, I have I still have a lot of those, you know, but just being mindful of those things. And it's really the mindset of people. Mm-hmm. Right. Am, am I willing to get out of the way of myself? You know, I think it was T. Horvecker, but I might be misquoting, but you know said that what you know just ain't so you know taking away all those things that you mm-hmm. learned that were laid down while you were young and yeah. challenging them but getting the other thing is getting around people who will help you challenge them 
Yes. And I, and sometimes it's just like, I go in sometimes to, to work with companies. I'm like, this doesn't feel hard enough for me. Right. <laughs> but, but the reason is, is when you provide that connection and you may yes. start building the teams, right. People will step up to that because everybody, everybody's hardwired for connection. And when we have that, and when it's when it's a safe environment, when we can share our own stories, I mean, this comes into the story piece mm-hmm. again. Um, I share my story all over the place. That's who made me. That's what created me. Yes. I don't really wish it on anybody, right? But that's what allows me to go in and see these things. And, you know, and uh, we had a graduation last week for one of the cohort groups and you know, in that cohort group, you know, the joke is I can see into their soul. And they said that, you know, (laughs) and it's, there's just things that I perceive uh, that I have discernment on. Yeah. I can't do anything else. That's what, uh, that's my talent. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But part of my story created that, right. How I would look at things, how I see things, you know, those experiences led me to create that. And I just learned how I just had to learn how to utilize that in a responsible, um, love-based way instead of a very reactive fear-based way. And that has made all the difference for me. And it, I can see how it makes the difference for a lot of the, the people that I work with. That's great, Eric. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dig into what Eric just shared the value of the work he does, and how he works with the individuals and organizations he helps. Don't go away. We'll be right back. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Welcome back, folks, to this episode of Storylines Live, the only podcast that explores the power and the meaning of the most important story in business. The story that answers why somebody should buy from you, work for you, invest in you, or partner with you. At Wordright, we call that your capital S story. In our episode today, we've got Eric Guy of the Center for Victory with us. Eric, you mentioned before we took our break that you're also an author. Could you tell our audience a little bit about the books you've written? So, uh, yeah, two are in the process of getting edited. Uh, they were uh-huh. on on the uh, front burner uh, before COVID. And wow. then, of course, you and everybody else knows we had COVID. to pivot there. All we had uh, to do was say one word, COVID. And people yeah. say, ah. Yeah. 
So we had to learn how to do everything that we do remotely. So that mm-hmm. cook that took up space. But the first book um, that uh, you know, you even had input in uh, the life of victory. Yeah, you know, how to yeah you know, what we talked about before break is how how to mm-hmm. over how to overcome fear, right? In a in a really a love based way. It's not long. I think it's a very easy read. I like to still read it, um, but it's you know it's helped a, a lot of people and it was more again more i wrote it for me um you Mm -hmm. know when i got done writing it it sat for for quite a while i think about 18 months before we ever decided to publish it i just wanted to kind of get my whole story in my head um you know and this is why again with a lot of the cohorts that that we do inside of the companies that that we serve Mm -hmm. this is why we make every individual write their story now not a whole book right right? we actually ask them to keep it to about 20 to 25 minutes Mm -hmm. tell their peers and and what that does is it's it opens up people's eyes you know because what you hear is the background and then what you know once those people start doing those things paul and you know this but yes uh it creates a synergy inside the group because you now know what they've been through but for that person to go through that and to, you know, we're building in leadership, we're building in especially emotional intelligence. And that's what we're, that's why we have them tell their story because you have to know, why do I react that way? Okay. Mm-hmm. I might not be able to be a manager if I continue to react the way that I do. I could be a manager if I take those gifts and use them in a responsible way. Wow. Right? Yeah. I, I think of one young man, um, you know, just recently in the past year or so, I didn't know his backstory, right? He's he's very young, but you, you go back in his story and it's a, it's just amazing to hear that at one point in time in his high school career, he was like homeless and had to go to a spring just to get water for his family. Wow. That's amazing. And you know, those are the kinds of things that typically – the conventional wisdom would tell you don't belong in an organizational or business environment. Yet that's where you start, right? Mm-hmm. You, w- when you work with organizations, my interpretation, Eric, it's a collection of individuals. It could be a team. Uh, I, I mean, y- you structure them into what you call cohorts. Could you give the audience a sense of what a cohort is and, and how you work with people in that cohort to create results? So these are currently already clients. So let's preface mm-hmm. it that way. They know what I'm doing. I've proven myself already. Uh, we've worked together. I feel like they're a good fit for what we do too. Um, so they're already clients using you know some of the assessments that you guys utilize and things like mm-hmm. that. What they're looking for is to keep, maintain, and build up their uh, high potentials. All right, we hear a lot about that in in the media nowadays of just, you know, how do I retain the good folks? Yes. All right. So this is, we, we first identify and we can't bring everybody in. All right. Cause we lose, mm-hmm. we didn't, we see, we lose the effectiveness of the group when it gets above 12 folks. Mm-hmm. So we like to, to run that for the year. Kind of the sweet spot we like to look for is like nine to 10 people. So between eight and 10, folks to go through at least a whole year together 
yeah and work on these dynamics so we're <clears throat> what initiates it is the high potentials how do we keep our high potentials um not just keep them in the company but how do we keep them engaged how do we give them what they need uh so they feel like they're part of so they don't you know mm -hmm. Cause those, everybody else knows their high potentials too. So they're getting picked off by recruiters here and there. So how do we create the stickiness inside the company uh, to keep these people? So they're, they're identified. And then what that does after the company starts utilizing it, um, that becomes a feeder because other people want to come into that, right? Because the, the so-called story gets out that yeah oh my goodness you know they're they're investing in us they care about us mm -hmm. and you know so it might be you know one cohort we're starting our third year in january wow you know, th those folks will be together for three years and only one has left the company wow yeah that is you amazing know. in this crazy post-covid in you know remote environment um now when you say high potentials I know that this is not an age-based thing, but give the audience just a little bit of a sense. I know because we know each other, you've been working with a lot of Gen Zs and millennials on these high potential groups who a lot of older folks, um, our podcast is not on video yet. It will be someday, but if it were, people would see that I'm of, of a certain age. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people in my age group tend to be uh, complaining a lot about what Gen Zs and millennials want. And again, knowing you, I know that a lot of the success you've had is working with companies to, as you said, attract, maintain, and grow these individuals. Tell our audience a little bit about what that's like. Um, well, I, I find it fascinating because it goes against everything that you hear. And we're bring because we're bringing people in. I mean, the, the group that I was talking about that's on year three mm -hmm. um, we've got folks that are older than me we've got folks in there that are have my age um so we've you know we've got you know three different generations um mm -hmm. sometimes in some cases four uh which is kind of crazy because we get to break down all those barriers yes um and, and now, you know, so that if we have somebody that's a little bit more seasoned, if we have a, a person, you know, that's been in the company 25 years and now you got somebody that's young, that's only been with the company three years and that, you know, the, the one that has more experience is telling their story, that young one goes, Oh, I never knew that about that person. Mm -hmm. And then when the young one goes to tell their story, the, the old one. You know, the older one, the more experienced one goes, oh, I never knew that before. And so, you know, again, it creates the, that connection, but then it creates that synergy of, hey, we've shared our stories. I got to know a little bit about you. You know, you, know, you just hear things like work ethic, like where did you learn it from? Yes. You know, that was a big thing for, for one of the gentlemen I'm thinking about. He just would get so frustrated with all these, the, he called them the new kids, right? Mm-hmm. And once he told his story, I mean, he started elaborating on his story, got off script even wow. and was saying, oh, my goodness, I know, you know, I got this growing up because somebody, my father poured into me, showed me how to do this. I became that just out of because he took me around when I was very young and my experience started, you know, for him, his experience started when he was 11 or 12. 
Wow. So now we see in these kids come in and their experience isn't starting mm-hmm. to the 21, 22, 23, 24 years of age. So, you know, the thing, and he will say it, the things he used to say and do are no longer, hmm. you know, he still has that great work ethic, yeah. but he understands that it has to be developed. There has to be some part of, it wasn't just all nature that gave him that there was the mm-hmm. nurture part. And, you know, I think it's hard, you know, speaking from he's, you know, same generation as me, uh, Gen X, you know, sometimes it's hard to see those things, uh, with people when you're, you know, when you, when you're used to go, 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 and just figure it out. And then you got, you have somebody that they can't peers that they can't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then when you turn those stakes and start understanding what's really going on, you see, you know, you put the fire in the belly of that, that young person. And all of a sudden they become that person, right. And no longer, there's no frustration and things like that. It tears down the barriers, tears down the walls. And all of a sudden you have people who are two generations from each other that are now working together, that like one another, the young ones listening to the, the, the wisdom of, of the older one, the the older ones learning all the new clicks and nuances that mm-hmm. you know they're bringing into the to the workforce. So true, and and people their customers notice that too. That that's the that's the other big thing. Their customers notice that mm-hmm. there's no kind of dissension between those ages, and it creates a culture where everybody's welcome too. Wow. I, I think people can get a sense uh, from what you're sharing, but I always like to ask this question uh, because it relates to the direction of the organization when you're talking with a leader and also to the individual leader's uh, focus, viewpoint, experience. What gives you the most satisfaction in what you do? Uh, getting that email or a lot of times just getting a thank you. Yeah. And it's just as simple as that of, you know, I can't believe that I've come this far. Um, yeah, it was, you know, last week we had a graduation for, for a cohort that has been doing the program for a year Mm -hmm. and these folks came in and, you know, some of them, uh, they, they actually said they were extremely reluctant to even do it. I mean, Wow. The, the the one even said it it took him about five months to actually believe that something was going to come out of this. Holy cow. Um, but to but to see the emotion behind it and to see the change from when they come in, they're so nervous and so oh my goodness, you know, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? They they almost think that like we're gonna like torture them. And so <laughs> and to, to have them just develop it's like you know you you have the you have the butterfly while it's in the cocoon and mm-hmm. you, you have to wait it gets developed metamorphosis and one of my all favorite this, long words right yeah, and all of a sudden you get this big beautiful uh butterfly and a lot of them um you know that that's what it was like they're they're so appreciative mm-hmm. Uh, they they learn things that not not they just don't impact their professional life. Yes. They understand that this is impacting tremendously my personal life, Absolutely. my children, my grandchildren, and in, in some cases, my parents, and you know, all those things. And it's making a huge impact 
not just in the widget we make or the, the software that we sell mm -hmm. or whatever it might be, we're making an impact. Then th that impact, you know, for some of them, they, they all live in the same community, which is really cool because it's making an impact in the community. Yes. And if it's making an impact in community, um, you know, over a period of time, over a couple of years, the community starts even paying attention to that company and it gives them, it actually gives the company a competitive advantage in the marketplace because the, they start to hear those stories of, you know, this is what they do for their people. That is awesome. And, and a lot of people, I get, you know, we don't, they don't, that again, conventional wisdom, people don't think about that. They don't understand that the impact of a company or an organization and the people within that organization extends beyond the walls of the organization, right? You really do carry home with you uh, what what happens at work, and you obviously bring into the workplace everything that formed and shaped you before you got there, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Eric, how can people find you? Uh, you can always look up Center for Victory. So on Instagram, we're Center for Victory. Um, on LinkedIn, we have a Center for Victory page. I have my own page, Eric Guy. Um, on uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, Eric Guy and Center for Victory, uh, Twitter, you know, all, all the, a lot all of the, the social socials, media, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and your website, you know, right? And our website is centerforvictory.com. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. Eric, I want to thank you so much, my friend, for being with us for this episode. Uh, we'll have to do this again. Uh, folks, uh, Eric was kind to have me on, I don't know, two, three times on your, yes, sir in your podcast. So I think we're going to get there too, um, for sure. Um, again, Eric shared where to find him. It'll be in the show notes. I want to say thank you to everybody who's been with us listening to this episode. If you like what you heard, please like, share, and subscribe. And join us next time for Storylines Live, the only podcast that explores the power and the meaning of the most important story in business. The one that answers why somebody would buy from you, work for you, invest in you, or partner with you. Your capital S story. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.